Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylight.church slash North Adelaide. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes me, my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of your Lord, of the Lord forever. Uh, let's read uh, John chapter 10, verse 1 to 13. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climb in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they and have it for the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flocks and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep knows me. As Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in, of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there should be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I laid it down of my own accord. 
I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, "This he is demon possessed and a raving mad. Why listen to him?" But others said, "There, there are not the saying of the man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind?" Then came came the festival of the. Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts working in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, "How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are Messiah, tell us plainly." Jesus answered, "I did tell you, but you did not believe." The works I did, I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listens to my voice; I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they should never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my, the Father are one. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning again. Please,、uh, if you were tempted to close John ten, please don't do that.、Uh, keep it open.、Uh, we'll be sort of having a look at that as we go through on this last Sunday. Of the year again. If you don't know who I am, Simon, lead pastor here, and it is and has been, continues to be my privilege to serve in that role、um, at this church.、Um, if you are new and visiting, we sometimes do this at the beginning of a sermon that I give, where I get you to talk to someone next to you about something that may or may not be related to what we're talking about today. I'm going to do that right now. So I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to choose an animal that best represents you. Choose an animal that you think best represents you. All right, I'll give you 30 seconds for this. All right, go. Have a chat to the person next to you. Who best represents? What animal best represents you? Go. All right, let's come back together. Let's come back together. Let me pray as we come to God's word this morning. Lord, for all the good things you give us, Father, in particular, we give you thanks for your Word.、We、give you thanks for Jesus, the Word made flesh. Father, we give you thanks this morning for your faithfulness. So many things to give you thanks for. We praise you, Father, that you are the God who speaks to us through your Word. And so we pray, Father, this morning, whether we're Coming to the end of a year where we're tired or feeling terrific, whether we're fearful of what lies ahead or excited, we pray, Father, that you would meet us today in your Word by your Spirit, such that we would see Jesus, hear Jesus, and that we'd all leave here loving Jesus, committed to living for Him and loving like Him, again. 
until we see him and enjoy him forever. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Earlier this week, I read John chapter 10 with one of my boys. Um, I read it to one of my boys in a children's Bible, uh, more like a picture book Bible. Um, And chapter 10 and verse 12 was there in this picture Bible in glorious colour. Verse 12, not depicting the hired hand, not the shepherd, but the wolf. A menacing wolf was pictured, teeth bared, nose snarling, body crouched low, stalking the sheep, a wolf poised to snatch and to scatter. And my son burst into tears. What's wrong? I don't want the wolf to get me. Now lying in bed with just a book in my hands, it was pretty easy to convince a little boy that he was safe from wolves. Pretty easy to convince him that he had nothing to fear. I was there, I would protect him, right, yeah? Um, But Jesus knows him, loves him, and is his shepherd. Verse 13, a hired hand cares nothing for the sheep, but Jesus cares everything for his sheep. And Jesus will protect his sheep, every single last one in his hands. So why do we find it so hard to believe? I suspect that none of us, as we heard the passage read just then by Christine, had a shiver down our spines when we got to verse 12. You're not scared, I don't think, of literal wolves, are you? Unless you're on alone on a TV show or something like that. But all of us fear something. We're all threatened by something. There are wolves at the door of God's people in every age and in a hundred different ways this morning, we need to know just how safe we are with Jesus. We need to know just how good he is, how strong he is. I thought about this as one year ends and a new one begins. What do Christ's sheep at City Light Church North Adelaide need? I'm a sheep, I'm as well as a shepherd, what do I need? I think we need to know today as we do every day why the Lord Jesus is the only comfort in life and death, our only comfort. Plenty of things comfort us, don't they? Your team winning, your Ugg boots, your pay slip, your bed, your family, your job. But who can give us comfort when the wolves are at the door in life? When our health is failing, whether that's our physical health or our mental health, when relationships are breaking, maybe in your own home or in the homes of the ones you love, when children are draining, when parents are a concern, where employment is uncertain. Who can bring us comfort? In life, who can comfort us? Give us security, certainty and protection. And in death, who can comfort us? Many, 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 many things comfort us in life But in death's cold grip, who can possibly warm us with hope and joy? One person only, Jesus. So today, on this last day of 2023, four things I want to share, four things to love about the Lord Jesus Christ. Four things to see as we hit the last day of the year and almost begin a new one. Four things to see. Here's the first one. Jesus, the shepherd who knows. Jesus, the shepherd who knows. I want you to meet the shepherd who knows you. 
What Jesus does here, you can see it right at the very beginning, he contrasts himself as a shepherd with two other types of people who might come into contact with the sheep. The shepherd with two other types of people and the contrast between the two groups is all about knowledge. Who knows the sheep? Who knows them? The shepherd or these other individuals? Did you see that in verse one, chapter 10, verse one of John's gospel? Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. A thief and a robber. They come in over the wall, their sheep rustlers come to get the sheep, but they do not know the sheep. All the sheep look the same to the thief, Just try and take as many as you can as quickly as you can. Down in verse 12, we also meet a hired hand. That's the other kind of person who is here but doesn't know the sheep. The hired hand saw the job advertisement on seek.com, applied for it, got the job. It's just a day job for him. It's not a vocation, it's not a calling. The minute the clock turns five, punches out, gone. He doesn't know them. And you see the difference between both of those types and Jesus is that two of them are strangers and one is a shepherd. Two are strangers, one is a shepherd. Verse 5, have a look with me. They will never follow a stranger. My sheep will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So a little girl bursts into a lounge room where her mum and dad are sitting there with some visitors they'd had over for a meal. The kids, they're meant to be out playing in another part of the house. All of a sudden, the door bursts open and the young girl shouts out with a big smile on her face, I love Jesus. The guests, they're very impressed. What a godly child you have in this house. Amazing. And the mum and dad kind of sneakily look at each other with a smile on their face and says, I wonder what she's broken now. (laughs) They know her. They know her. Last night, um, Sebastian said to me at about 10 p.m., he goes, Dad, I'm staying up till midnight tonight. I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm getting in practice for tomorrow night so I can stay up for midnight. And I said, oh, that's really nice. Good on you. And he goes, why are you smiling, Dad? Because I know you won't be able to do it. And he goes... Yeah, good point. (laughs) Do you see what Jesus is like with you and with me? Uh, Verse 2. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. In the days of Jesus, it was likely that all the sheep in the village would be rounded up at the end of the day and put into one big sort of shared pen. Farmer Field, she'd have her 30 sheep in the pen. Farmer Willsmore, his 40 over there, and Farmer Sutherland, his 45, all in there together. And they all look the same, right, to the thief who comes over the wall at night or the casual worker who couldn't care less about whose sheep is whose. But the shepherd comes... It's feeding time and he calls them, each by name, one by one, and they follow him. I just want to go just a little bit deeper on this together. Tucked into this passage here by the Lord Jesus is one of the greatest things you'll hear this year. In fact, it's one of the greatest things you'll ever hear in all of your life, 2023, 2024, however long the Lord tarries. Verse 14 
I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Here is the kind of knowledge Jesus has of his sheep. Just think about it. Look at that verse. Jesus knows us as we know him. Great. But look deeper. He knows just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. So here we have God the Father and God the Son who with the Holy Spirit before the world ever came into existence knew and loved and delighted in one another and were in com- complete in their perfection. There is nothing about the, fa- about the Son that the Father does not know. Nothing about the Father that the Son does not know. Imagine it. Perfect divine knowledge. Each divine person has perfect, has that knowledge of each other, completely, wholly, without end. And Jesus has that knowledge of you and me. Jesus knows us the way the Father knows Jesus and the way Jesus knows the Father. Sometimes we play this game in the car on road trips. We're going on a road trip. I don't know if you've got planned holidays. We're going on a road trip to Melbourne in the middle of January. We'll probably play this road trip again, this road trip game again. It's called What Would You Rather? You ever play the What Would You Rather road trip game? So you pick two things. Would you rather have a permanent toothache or no thumbs? And you play that game. Try it sometime. It's very exciting. But here we sit on the threshold of a new year. Would you rather know the future? We often think that'd be nice. Or would you rather be known by someone perfectly good who knows the future? Would you rather know, or would you rather be known? Someone who knows you perfectly, inside and out, top to bottom, and by name. What would you rather? I'm going to share two quotes this morning from a guy named J.C. Ryle. He's a wonderful, godly bishop from many years ago. Here's the first. Just listen to this about being known by Jesus. Listen to this. Quote, Like a good shepherd, Jesus knows all his believing people. He knows their names. He knows their families. He knows their dwelling places. He knows their circumstances, their private history, their experience. He knows their trials. With all these things, Jesus is perfectly acquainted. There is not a thing about the least or the lowest of them of which he is not familiar. The children of this world may not know Christians and may count their lives as nothing, But the good shepherd knows them thoroughly and wonderful to say, though he knows them, does not despise them. Like a good shepherd, Ryle goes on, Christ cares tenderly for all his believing people. He provides for all their wants in the wilderness of this world and leads them by the right way to his eternal city. He bears patiently with their many weaknesses and infirmities He does not cast them off because they are wayward or erring or sick or footsore or lame. He guards them and protects them against all their enemies. And of those the Father has given him, he will be found at last to have lost none. The shepherd who knows. Secondly, the shepherd 
who speaks, the shepherd who speaks. Jesus doesn't just know us, he speaks to us. Look how it works, verse three. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse four, when he has brought out all his, all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Come down with me to verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. Bit further down, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Do you know the, the mark of a Christian? What defines a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? What else, whatever else you, you might think of or pick this morning, here is what I think you need to have right up there, close to at least, or maybe even on the top of the list. Jesus people, people who follow the Lord Jesus, Christians, know and love Jesus' voice. Jesus' sheep know and love his voice. I love how relational this is, how warm it is. Information makes not a Christian. Theology does not make a Christian. Education does not make a Christian. Recognition makes a Christian. Oh, that's him speaking. That's his voice. I hear him. J.C. Ryle again, quote, The thing taught in these verses is a very curious one and may seem foolishness to the world. There is a spiritual instinct in most true believers which generally enables them to distinguish unsound teaching from sound teaching. When believers hear unsound religious instruction, there is something in them that says, this is wrong. When they hear the real, real truth, it's as if Jesus is there and something in their hearts which responds, this is right. The careless person of the world will see no difference between one minister and another minister, between one sermon and another sermon. But the poorest sheep of Christ will, enable, will be able to tell this is Jesus' voice, even though they sometimes may be unable to explain why. Isn't that right? You take your not yet Christian friend from church to church, I don't know, you take them on a tour of churches around Adelaide, make them listen to all kinds of different sermons on a Sunday, and to them it might be interesting, it might be boring, it might be too long, it might be too short, but put Baptists and Presbyterians and Pentes and Acts 29ers, whatever you want to call them, right? Anyone who loves Jesus, get them to listen to false teaching and to sound teaching and to those who love hearing Jesus' voice, they can spot the difference. And here's the thing, what we're doing here this morning, and I hope every morning we've gathered together this year, is we're listening to Jesus' voice, to his words. That's what we, list, that's what we read together, isn't it? If you want to hear Jesus' voice today, don't sit in silence. Don't wait for an echo in your mind to come to you. If you want to hear Jesus' voice, open your Bible. Open your Bible. Some of us know a guy named R.C. Sproul, a great theologian, died just before Christmas some years ago. He said this, there is an inseparable connect relationship between your affection for Christ and your affection for the scriptures. Isn't that true? There's an inseparable connection between your love for Jesus and your love for the, the Bible, for the word. 
You cannot love, long love one without coming to love the other. Your love for one cannot grow cold without your love for the other soon also growing cold. It's true. See how verse 4 puts it in chapter 10? His sheep follow him for or because they know his voice. You cannot follow Jesus and not love his word, the Bible. It's where he speaks. It's where you and I hear his voice. So here's a question for us all on the verge of a new year. What steps will you take in the new year to get more and more and more and more and more of Jesus' voice into your head and into your heart? I heard a thing on a BBC podcast that I listened to this week about New Year's resolutions. Someone has the time to study these things and all the intricacies related to um, to New Year's resolutions. Someone's worked out, right, if you make a New Year's resolution, you're much more likely to stick to it if it's something that you used to do, yeah? Going back to an old practice that you've neglected. If you return to it, you're much, 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 much more likely to stick to it rather than coming up with something, I don't know, new to do in 2024. I wonder, is there a fondness for the Bible, a love for the Bible that you need to return to? a way that you used to read it? Is the voice of the shepherd something you need to reclaim in the new year? A way to get more of him? Do it again. Go back to it. Start it up again. For here's the thing for all of us this morning. We are always following someone. We're always following someone. We're always following something. Um, Think of how, I don't know, X, formerly known as Twitter, or Instagram kind of works, right? You have followers and you have people who are following you. I think it's interesting here. Don't think that the imagery of of shepherd and, and, and sheep here is something that's sort of foreign to us. It's not foreign at all. We're born into a world where we follow others. The hairstyles we wear, the clothes we wear, the kicks we wear on our feet. We follow people, politics, ideas, beliefs. We believe them, we wear them, we think them, we speak them because we follow where someone else is led. 2024 is not a case of whether you will follow someone, but who will you follow? Who sets the dominant trends of your life? the fashions of your heart, which will you embrace? Who will it be? Who you follow depends on who you listen to the most. Number three, number three, Jesus, the shepherd who saves. Jesus is the shepherd who knows. Jesus is the shepherd who speaks. And the picture of Jesus we get in John chapter 10 just kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. He is the shepherd who saves. I wonder if you notice verse 7, a strange thing happens in our passage. Jesus uses a different image, a new picture. He's not just a shepherd for the sheep, verse 7, he's the door for the sheep, the gate. Uh, So verse 7, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Verse 8, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in, go out, and find pasture. I think we kind of understand, don't we, the sayings of Jesus, like, I am the shepherd, but it's a little bit weird that he says, I am the door or a gate. Look what Jesus says he does as the door in verse 9. Whoever enters through me will be 
saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So there are the sheep out in the fields and the wolf comes over on the horizon. What do we need to do? What do you need to do if you're a sheep and the wolf comes over the horizon? You need to get through the door to safety. You need to come into the fold and there's a sheep now out in the fold and you're hung in the fold and you need food. What do you do if you're in the fold and you need food? You need to go out and the door into pasture to the lush green grass outside. If you're out and there's danger, you need to get in. If you're in and you're hungry, you need to go out. Into safety, out to health. That door, that gate is your salvation. Don't go through the door and you'll be eaten alive by wolves in the field. Stay inside and you'll starve. And Jesus says, I am that access point, the gateway to both of those things, to safety and to health, to full life, I can save you. Imagine if I was to say to you this morning as you arrived through the door here at Archer Street, as you came in and I said to you, good morning, everyone, I am the door. Like you would look at me and think, what did he eat for Christmas lunch? Like he's, a bit, he's gone a bit strange, stranger than normal. I don't know. But let's imagine something terrible happened here at Archer Street, right? This building, in this space, it caught fire and all of a sudden, before we knew it, it was just filled with black, thick smoke and you couldn't see the hand in front of your face. And if I make it to the fire exit, sort of over there, I think it is, over to the fire exit, and and you hear my voice shouting in the blackness, I am the door, I am the door. It's very different, isn't it? You head for the door, you run for the door. I can save you. And Jesus says, in a lost, dark, broken world, I am the door. Do you believe that? Do you believe that today? What what do you think will save you in the new year? What's going to make a difference to you in the new year? New relationship? A new job? A better job? A better relationship? a, A better body? That degree? or finishing that qualification, maybe a new roster at work, that'll save me. It's true, right? We're so easily led by other voices around us to think that New Year's resolutions can save us, can lessen our anxiety, give us more control in the world of our lives. Other things can save us more than Jesus, we can quickly believe. Here's my favourite tweet. I don't know if you call them tweets anymore, given it's on X. My favourite X from this week. Not written by me, but by someone else. It says this. In 2024, I plan not to run a marathon, not to lose weight, not to read 117 books, not to learn a new language, not to learn the ukulele, not to earn my own salvation. My chains fell off. Happy New Year. Now, please, look after your body in 2024. But Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Look how important this is. Did you catch who Jesus is speaking to here in this chapter? Who is he saying all of this to? I mean, we're so glad, right, to hear what Jesus has to say about shepherds and sheep in this particular passage, to hear our shepherds speaking like this. But Jesus actually isn't speaking to sheep in the first place. He's speaking to other shepherds. Here's chapter 9, verse 40, from the previous chapter. 
Right at the end, some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what, are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. These Pharisees are shepherds. Well, they thought they were shepherds. And Jesus is saying, well, actually, verse 10, you're more like the thieves who come in to steal and to kill and destroy. It's true, right? Churches can be some of the most dangerous places on earth. Churches can be the most dangerous places on earth. Look what Jesus is saying here. There is a kind of church ministry that has no door in it. A kind of ministry that cannot build a gateway to salvation. A kind of ministry that takes from the sheep instead of giving to the sheep. That fleeces the sheep instead of comforting the sheep. See, if this space caught fire and it was thick with smoke and instead of going to that exit, I went to, I don't know, this one over here and I said, go through that door, go through that door. You know, follow me there. Little did you know that it kind of just basically leads to a dead end, into another cupboard. You can't go anywhere. It would not only be the end of us, not just the end of us, it would be a terrible dereliction of duty on my part for I've not led you to the door that saves. Jesus is saying here that the greatest danger that his sheep face isn't really stuff out there in the world, although it can be dangerous, but is a church where blind guides lead people everywhere and anywhere but to Jesus. So his saving voice, it happens. I don't know, maybe in the new year, maybe in the new year, we'll see some of you guys move somewhere else. It seems to be the nature of our church community here at City Light Church North Adelaide. We've been around long enough. We're pretty fluid. People come and people go. Maybe there's a new job on the horizon. Studies are going to come to an end. You'll be sent to a different part of the state, different part of the country. You'll move to a different part of the city, and that'll mean you know, it's good to be near a church where you live. You know, need, need to be part of a church close to home. And, and in all of that happens, right? You need to find a new church. I want you to take John chapter 10 with you. As you walk through the door of that new church building, as you take your seat, ask yourself this question. Is there a door in this ministry that leads to Jesus? Is there a door to Jesus? If you join a church and discover in that church you don't need to have your Bible at that church then that, the Bible says, you don't need that church. 2024, City Light Church, North Adelaide. Here is what I want out of our church. I want this to be a place where every single Sunday I'm led to Jesus. Where I hear Jesus speak, where I feed on his word, and we see lives change forever as a result. That's my vision for the year ahead. And here's why, number four, the final thing to see. Jesus, the shepherd who dies. The shepherd who knows, the shepherd who speaks, who saves. Verse 10, the shepherd who dies. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And look with me at verse 17. The reason the Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again.
I don't know how you feel about being called a sheep. It's not the animal that I'd choose to describe myself if I could. I don't know what you chose. Any lions in the room? Any eagles? Pandas? We're in Adelaide, right? Is that was there a panda down here? No. A bear, that's pretty close, yeah. Panda bear, are they, I don't know, yeah. You know, when you play that game, choose an animal that I think best represents me. I've never heard anyone say, well, I'd, I'd like to think of myself as a sheep. Never, I've never heard that. Now, we prefer, like, we prefer strong animals, don't we? Aggressive, don't we? Wise, independent, captains of our own soul, masters of our own destiny, right? And then along comes the Bible, and all the way through Israel's history, God's people's history, God describes himself as a shepherd, and he describes his people as sheep. Why? Because from the Garden of Eden onwards, we show ourselves to be the kind of people who just follow other voices. Did God really say, you shall not eat? We wander where we should not go. We get lost in places where we need someone to come along and find us and rescue us. The animal that really well describes us, Happy New Year, is sheep. Dependent, vulnerable, not very wise. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, turned each one to his own way. It's what we do. And Jesus says, I came into the world to lay my life down for you. All we like sheep have gone astray, turned each one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, the shepherd, the iniquity of us all. You see, my greatest need in 2024 is to know who I am who I really am and to know what I really need. I am a sheep and what I need most of all is a bleeding shepherd. And what you need most of all is a bleeding, grace-filled shepherd every day of your life. What's going to bring you comfort as one year ends and a new one starts? I thought I'd go to the Heidelberg Catechism just for the fun of it. And the first question in the Heidelberg Catechism is this, what is your only comfort in life and death? Answer, that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful saviour, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. It finishes, because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. May it be so for each one of us, not just today, not just in 2024, but every day until we see Jesus and enjoy him forever. Let's pray.
together. So to give you a moment in the quietness of your heart to come before your Lord and Saviour in prayer. Come before our good, good Father, to our good Shepherd, Jesus who knows us, who speaks to us, who saves us, and who's died for us. Father, we, we pray this morning together as your people, uh, giving you great thanks for the way that we can look back on this year and see your shepherding hand in our lives. Father, we praise you and thank you that uh, you've been with us every moment of every day of the year gone past, even if we've not been conscious of you. Father, we praise you and thank you that even as we wander, you find us and you draw us back to yourself. Father, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that you are so much more committed to us than we are to you. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for our good shepherd who, who speaks to us, who knows us, who saved us, who died for us, and even now lives to intercede for us. We thank you and praise you for Jesus. And Father, as we turn into the new year, Father, we pray that you'd help us to keep trusting Jesus. And with the help of your Holy Spirit, Father, we pray that you'd help us to keep living for Jesus and to keep loving like Jesus. And we pray this and ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church, or to donate to the work of City Light Church, North Adelaide, visit us at citylight.church slash North Adelaide.